Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm joined by my lovely guest, Elizabeth Jansen. I'm pronouncing that last name right, correct? Absolutely, yes. Fantastic. Uh, where, where, are you, where are you coming in from? I know you're in Canada. What, 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 uh, what region? I am from southern Ontario. I'm in a small port town called Port Stanley, and it is two hours southwest of Toronto on Lake two hours Erie. Southwest of Toronto. Oh, that's not that far. Uh, my my fiance Ella lives in a place called Water. Well, she grew up in a place called Watertown. Um, so I think I think that when we'll have to we'll have to connect in real life. That'd be really cool to do. Um, yes, it'd be lovely. Uh, so you and I met on uh, Clubhouse, which is a, a new platform uh, for people that like to talk. I love to talk, and um, I was actually connected to you to you through the Mom Link. Uh, could you kind of explain a little bit about, about what that group is and what their what their other uh, mission is, so to speak? Yes. So I'm a member of the Mom Link, and it has. On Clubhouse, it has 33,000 members of entrepreneurial women. And you don't have to be a mom, but they're, you know, 99% of them are mothers who are in business. And the purpose of it is for women, entrepreneurial women, to collaborate and network. And they smash the idea of competition. And the idea is to scale their businesses through networking and collaborating. And in that group, there is a million dollar club. And in there's approximately maybe 100 to 125 of us. And we are really, really big at, do, you know, the elevated level of networking and collaborating and really scaling our businesses. So we were, you and I were in one of the rooms and you were, talking about, I think you were interested in what I was saying. And then we connected and I wanted to be on your show or you invited me to be on your show. I can't remember how it happened, but. You know, it's so funny. So the way we connected, it was really funny because like, I always have been that person where people are like, yo, how did I meet you? I know, cause I'm always connected with people and we'll, we could probably, briefly talk about that like that's why I have processes like I ask certain questions I know most of the time that when I'm on a call with somebody like especially people that want to be on my podcast they're like yeah I remember I booked a call with you but I can't remember what it was for it's like well because I'm a big stronger like people people will forget what you said but they will remember how you made them feel so a lot of a lot of the way I communicate is is based off of um not feelings, but like, yeah, but like feelings, right? Like how, how are you coming? How present are you? And today's conversation kind of ties into that. And I really want to talk about your book because I've, I've, I finished the first like five or six chapters of your book. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited briefly. Yes. Yes. Bride doll. It's available on Amazon. Uh, you can get the audio version, which is what I've been listening to the last week, uh, on audible. And if you have those credits, use them, right? Purchase uh, this book, uh, Bride Doll. Um, before we go into that, I, first of all, I want to tell you, the book is very well written. I love the character development. I like how you're introducing these different characters. I feel like, um, and we talked about the, like, like the first chapter now, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Because there's so many, like, like it, it kind of feels like Game of Thrones to me, where you have all these different characters and you're following their different unique stories. Um, but your first character, uh, is a mother 
with a son with special needs, and it kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger. So I don't know what happens to her, but could you kind of share a little bit about the process of of creating these different characters? Like, what did you? How did you come up with these different uniquely developed characters? Because they're all very unique. Yes. Uh, so if you look at the cover, the the story. I'm going to try. The story really gives the, the the cover really gives the story away a little bit. Okay. So Naya is the main character here. Okay, on the picture, and where you're coming into the story is a little bit of this picture right here. Okay, and the the first chapter is the hook, okay? That you said you said it yourself, a cliffhanger, okay? And you see, um, the the woman is in dis absolute despair. She is at the end of her rope in absolute despair with the situation, and the the son is all he can say. He's nonverbal autistic. And all he can say is, no I, no I, no I, no I. And you can imagine, she, he has said that a trillion times because he does not want to go back to that institution. And this mother is in desperate. So she's got her bottle of wine and she's got his bag of what he likes. And they're going off on a car ride and they're not coming back. What what type of so like because uh, I I I've worked with a uh, with families that deal with uh, that work with parents with special needs kids, and there's a way that the mother's able to understand his communication because I know that early on like she she didn't understand that no I he like you you think he's talking about like no not I but what is the I step so like it, what, it's a, yes so in the he was so. What it means is there's an institution in London, Ontario, and it's for children at that time, and it's called CPRI. So he could only say the I in it. So it's Children's Psychi Psychiatric and Research Institute, and that's where his residential care was. And so that's what he was saying. And if you know, because you were on, you're listening to the audible, you wouldn't pick up those finer things, you know, perhaps because you're driving, right? And no, it no, no, been absolutely. Actually, to be honest, um, I'm, I'm, I'm an auditory learner. And so okay. I didn't, I, I didn't know the specific institute, but I knew that it was a, it was like a, um, a government ran organization okay. in that area, but I wasn't familiar with the actual organization. And we, we were talking about this before the show is that overall each chapter, the first six chapters briefly, are they introducing me to these different characters and where they're, yes. where yes. they're at in that position? Okay. okay. Yeah. And then further on in the book, it's going to pick up where that left off. Okay. Mm. So it's a cliffhanger. To t and further on in the book, you're going to see what, what's happening next. Okay. Okay. So it's this, is, this actually worked out really well because I had about a week to look over and, um, and I was looking at, okay, so I got five hours to finish this book. Um, I, have a, I have a 30 minute drive back and forth to work. So I'm about, I'm about, how many chapters are in, are, are in, in, the, in the total book? 
there's approximately 43. Okay. So I'm, 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 I'm working my way through. Cause I'm like, I like that the way you're introducing these different characters, like there's one character and they're at different time periods too, which is very interesting yeah. to me. So it's generational um, love, you know, generational mm. love. So Naya's uh, maternal grandparents, so maternal grandmother and paternal grandmother. So the generational love, and it's on the cover as well. And then- Wow, so they're all, you don't really make that, I, I, again, I'm, I'm still at the beginning stages. So all these characters you find out- Yes, are, and many connected. men have read this book and love this book as well as you are enjoying it. And uh, you know, if, if you wanna give a review on this book, you know, I would love for you to do that as well. But men are enjoying this. Oh, this is a live review. I love it. I love it so far. Um, yes, I love it when I, I love it when there's very specific things because culturally, the uh, the different characters come from different culture backgrounds. And I'm at a point now where I really resonated with one of your characters. There's a um, I forget his name, but he meets the parents and he has a different religious background. Yes, Flynn. Flynn. Flynn meets the uh, and the parents are French, right? They're French yes. and they're Catholic. Yes. And 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 so when he's meeting them, he has a different religious background. So me and Ella, I'm non I'm not religious. Her parents are very religious. And so there's there's a conflict there that I've experienced where these are good people, great people, but when you look at their value, because again, you're introducing these topics very uh, just naturally. Like these are, and, and the way that the, the man, the dialogue is really good. I love how it's, it, it seems, because right, right now I've, I've been talking to some of my friends about like how content's being put out and the dialogue and in the, in, in, with the different characters just seems so watered down and traditional, like what's being put out in mainstream media. And I love that these, the way that this relationship between the 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 fiance Flynn, uh, uh, and 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 uh, what was the uh, uh, the daughter's name? Uh, um, Monique. Monique. Yes, yes, yes. Monique. How that 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 awkward conversation where they're discovering that he doesn't fall in line with their their core values, their religious core values, and it blows up. And I'm like, and like you built the tension up very well where it just felt like this is how exactly how I felt when I went that experience. Yeah. And it's a hard line, isn't it, with with the parents and that generational boom, you know, with the culture. And it and you and I have had this conversation before where, you know, when with families and with with faith. And then, and the impact going forward on how it affects the children, and you know the spinoff of that. So it's very impactful on how you align with your partner going forward, and you'll see that in the book. What, what happens? Gave, what gave me chills was there's subtle things. So like when they when they're having a discussion, right? The mother's the mother's very inquisitive, right? Hey. That, that last name isn't French. You're not the same religion. She's looking for core values, it seems like, is what I would assume, tying it back to our overall conversation. But the father is very silent in his approach, right? And silence can be deafening. Yes. Right? And I think that when 
I'm telling you, when I explain to you offline how those characters are not just characters, like they're they're representations of real experiences that I've experienced where I'm like, you feel like you're like somebody's friendly, but they're asking you a lot of questions. And you're like, well, where is this going? I could feel his anxiety as am I walking in the middle of a landmine? Yes, absolutely. And he was. He absolutely was. And and um, the mother, the mother of Monique's mother wanted nothing to do with this man. He was not Catholic. Get him off the land. The only thing she wanted from him, he's got a strong back. He'll be good for haying. That's the only thing she could see going for him, but not husband material. Get him off the property. He is not Catholic. No way. No, you will be excommunicated. Get him out I'll, of here. I'll give you an example. So like there was a thing where um, I experienced where people thought because I was, because I worked very hard throughout the year. So when I, when I visit certain people, I'm like, I don't like to go on vacation and have to like be shuttled around to all these different people. I'm like, if I'm on vacation, I, I'm here to like decompress, so to speak. And I felt like I could understand where he was like, he didn't want to feel like he was being interrogated while at the same time trying to connect with his new potential family. So man, like I'm just excited to see where where the story goes. And I don't want to give away too much. And this, this actually kind of worked out pretty good because there's no way I can spoil it because I'm I'm learning these characters myself, right? Like I'm learning these different characters and how and where they're going. And you're kind of looking at like, okay, OJ, wait till you see what happens with these different people. Well, Monique comes into a full blossom. She's a beautiful, beautiful woman. And she's she's very sensual. She's comfortable in her own femininity. And she, the positive thing, very beautiful thing about Flynn and Monique is they very much deeply love each other and come together in a beautiful symphony of love. Mm. And they're, you think, you think very much uh, the love, uh, it, it will be so fulfilling, but there are so many challenges. So keep reading and keep reading because it's, you know, it's a you beautiful know, story. And, the, you know, no one walks through life, not you, not anyone. You know, no one escapes life without challenges. And right. it's how you deal with them. And it's so important and how you partner, how you partner. You know, we have this title true love based on shared core values, which is so important in tragedy and in triumph. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I, will... I lost your audio. I'm here. There. <laughs> As you were talking, I'm muting myself and I forgot I did that. Um, I, I think that, so the way that I'm looking at storytelling so to speak right is is each character seems to me like a parable for different experiences that people are going to go through is that is that what you had in mind when you created these these different uh narratives 
Yes, I mean, I tried to make the characters very rich and um, each character has their own story or each character has their own story, deep, deep story. And in real life, each character, ha each person has a huge story. You have a huge story. You know, you have a, a heart. You and I connected right away, you know. And I like to say that I, I can make a heart connection. You know, people who communicate and openly and, you know, my purpose is all about love. My, my intention is love, trust and service. You know, I'm a dating and relationship coach. I help people find true love. Mm. And if I can't make that connection, then I'm in the wrong business. My oh. dog is trying to get in the room. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Dolly, after my book. <laughs> why, 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 why you take care of the pup? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pull up a link here. Uh, I wanna share my screen with the audience. Uh, for those of you uh, live with us here, um, I highly encourage you, if you want to have a positive ride to work, uh, people are stressing you out, you want to have a, a positive ride to work, uh, download Bride Doll on Amazon uh, through Audible. Uh, that's why I, I got it. Um, it's funny, too, because like I, I'm on that subscription service with Audible, so I have like tons of credits. So you should put it towards uh, this book. I, I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it, especially... When you talk about relationships and relationship coaching, you know, stories really sell an idea. I think one of the things that when you talk about sales, that like people think like sales is a bad thing. But if you're selling a good idea that's helping people, I think that's really powerful. And I think you're, you're providing these stories, these narratives of these, of, of, of these experiences that these different characters have to promote. Uh, a core concept. And so would you mind sharing with the audience, what is what is your overall philosophy as it, we'll talk about like, like discovering true love um, maybe uh, or or even relating that to like core values? Like what is your overall philosophy in a relationship? What would you think? Well, um, well, my overall philosophy in life is all about love. You know, at the end of the day, you know, at the beginning of life, hopefully everyone comes into life with, with love. You know, each one of my children was born into life with love, you know, amazing love. And I had, a, in the book, you're going to, you're going to see a story. Uh, one of the chapters is called Apgar of One. So the, the, the book is fiction, but the bones of it are memoir. So it, that, that's the truth of the of what you're going to see. So one, so every, my back to your question. My purpose is all about love. My purpose is all about love, and I came to to my purpose from some of my tragedies, and it's all in this book. So the ele many elements, um, you know to protect the innocent, really, the fiction is there. So, um, but, so talking about my babies, I have four children that are alive. One has autism. One child was born and did not live long, only minutes. And an APGAR of one is a 
a medical terminology, most children born healthy, they have an APGAR of 10. It's a medical term. That's pink, crying, you know, healthy, pink or, or black, you know, healthy, crying, loud voice, breathing. This baby of mine was in, you know, fit in the palm of my hand early, you know, in 20, 20 some weeks old only. And uh, within, within five minutes, six minutes, the baby passed, but little coo noises, but you know, and I, it, you have to read the story. It was my a condolences, by the way, my mother went through, uh, through that as well. Um, and, uh, I don't know the exact details, but from what I heard, I actually, um, either she had, she doesn't really talk about it, but either she had, um, before she had me or I had a twin brother, but she doesn't really talk about it. So either I had an older twin brother or I had an older brother, but my, my parents don't really talk about it much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know my husband at the time you know he he never talked about it in fact he told his family it was a miscarriage when it it wasn't you know it was a live birth uh anyway you know a, a tremendous love a love for that baby you know and uh i'm gonna take my jacket off you know i have a beautiful tattoo on my arm you know and i have all my children and my and my core values love faith joy you know and my children's names and and the baby that i lost you know so five names on my arm which i love seeing every day but um so i'm all about love love for my children but and how i came to my purpose of love is you know on my profile and clubhouse but and it's in my book the whole story, the whole beautiful story, the whole beautiful, you know, core, core values, the whole, you know, how I found true love is in the story, you know, uh, real true love from the fairy tale concept, you know, that that's why there's a doll, why I called my book Bride Doll. You know, I grew up in the 50s, I was born in 1954. I know, I look amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm funny too. Um, but, you know, I, the favorite toy I had was from my maternal grandmother was this bride doll. I, I, and Cinderella was out then. And I couldn't get enough of this Cinderella. You know, we didn't have video machines. We got to go to the theater and I only saw it once, but it was imprinted in my brain. And, you know, this bride doll I had with the crinoline skirt and the shoes that came off like i played and played and played with that doll but the idea of you know the prince and riding off in the carriage that's what i thought true love was and you know when naya got married at 21 my idea of getting married at 21 married forever and believing in my vows and when my partner you know was violent toward me and horrible to me and criticized every move I made. And no matter what I did, it wasn't right. And when I asked him, you know, one day, you know, we were 
maybe six years married and had two children. And I said, well, can you give me like, say one nice thing to me? And he thought and he thought and he said, well, you're not too fat. That's what he came up with. Wow. That's you know, great. working a full-time job, putting meals on the table, taking care of the children, and that's all he could say. So every day there was criticism, criticism, and that's the only nice thing he could say to me. You know, so anyway, it, it just, that was not good alignment, right? No, not at all. And so, you know, so that bride doll, my vision of what true love was, wasn't that person didn't love me. You know, that person didn't didn't help me, didn't love me. He worked against me. And so then there was another marriage, you know, and so I'm not going to. The characters are in there and it's as you say, it's very rich in the in Naya's love story and going so it's it's just beautiful so you see the two brides of the generational love you Monique is in there with her rich rich love and then the beautiful story of the older bride so love is ageless and you find this transition of fairy tale love which didn't work out at all, but what true, true love is. And that's what I do in my business. I help women find true love. And it, it's amazing. It's, it's interesting you bring this up because one of the books that really was influential on the way I think um, and the way I interpreted the book was The Great Gatsby because um, from a male perspective, right, that character of the Gatsby, I don't know if you've read it. Have you read that? Yes. Um, and, and so he had this image of what a, what a successful, this is how I interpreted the book. It's like, you have this kid, they don't really talk about his background, but they kind of give a loose to it, but he had this image of what he thought a successful man looks like. He has the, the cars, the women, the big home, the this, the that. And so Gatsby is, is a, is a, is a, when he's older, has all those things. But he also has a lot of adolescent behavior because he created this identity based off of the intellect of a 15 year old. And so a lot of the things that are going like you see how he kind of uh, unravels. Right. Because he has this whole facade. I think a lot of times when you look at you talk about um, um, these stories that we we we, we show the youth. And um, should there be a conversation with the children and saying, hey, look, this is this is a fairy tale story. Um, I, I, I don't know how to put it. I think I think a lot of times we don't want people to go into life thinking like you're going to just ride off into the sunset and happily ever after. Because if you have that mindset going into it and what kind of digging the core values, it when things get a little rocky or or a lot of rocky you you aren't filtering your decision making through that is that oh i'm so glad you asked me about children so the best thing you can give your children is very happy parents so children aren't going to believe a fairy tale or a movie when they see core values in action at home 
So with your Ella, for example, they are going to see mom and dad loving each other, helping each other, uh, you know, helping each other with grocery shopping, helping each other, you know, prepare a meal, having fun in the kitchen, you know, helping each other do things, you know, dad might be, uh, dad might be building something for the family. Like for example, okay, uh, American Thanksgiving is coming up in November, right? Dad might be putting the turkey together and mom might be setting the table, preparing for guests and the children. <laughs> That's a really good example. I actually want to share this with you. Years ago, we had a Friendsgiving thing, right? I had a bunch of roommates and Elle and I were together living in a small uh, um, room with about two or three other roommates, right? And uh, she had to work that day. So she left me a, a very detailed instructions on how to prepare the Thanksgiving uh, uh, bird. And uh, she got home and everybody was like, wow, Ella, this is incredible. And they're thanking her and they're thanking her. And she got to the point, she's like, look, look, LJ actually made this bird, but um, I prepared it. But the thing was, I'm not a cook, but I follow, I'm an electrician. I, I, if you give me detailed instructions, I will follow those instructions. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so they were like, so they looked at, they looked at her there, they looked at her, they go, well, then you made it, yeah. right? Like you both made it, but you really made it because if you wouldn't have gave him those instructions, he would have just messed this whole thing up. So the, the core values your, your children are going to see is the real love, the real partnership the real respect for each other, the real cohesiveness, the unity that their children. So they don't have to look at a fairy tale. They're going to see in action, compassion for each other. And, and maybe there's a, 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 let's say something that's not successful or a failure, but it's a failure going forward. Let's say someone lost their job how you dig in together and help, you know, or someone wins a lottery, how you celebrate together, how the kids participate, even if they're two-year-old and, and six-year-old, how everybody contributes as a family. Everybody knows core values. You know, it, it's, it's wonderful when the kids say, yeah, that's the core value of, of loyalty to our family. You know, dad's not going to a football game today because we're having Thanksgiving dinner today. You know, this is loyalty, loyalty to our family. What, so kids can have core values in their language. You know, they're, they know it's, this is, this is our loving on our family, you know, not fairy tale love. This is real love. Yeah, so I've been thinking know if I answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about core values a lot because I told you earlier before this conversation, I've been working on some projects for the military and I'm, I'm finding that as far as like core values, I think you like, we, we, and we talk about this, like there's family, the big, the big milestones are like family, um, your health, maybe your finances. And then for some might be religion as well. Um, and then when I look at the way I, I work, like business core values, yeah, your right? Career, yeah. Your career. 
Um, for me, um, one of the ones that keep popping up to me is safety. Yes. And it, it seems, it seems to me that I want people to feel that I'm doing everything in my power to keep them and and teach them how to be more safe. Yes. Um, and 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 it sounds so corny and kind of like in a sense, but like that's one of my core values is like, hey, safety, peace of mind, because like. Like if if everything is chaotic, which I grew up in a very chaotic environment, right? Yeah. No, that's a, that's a high need. That's a high yeah. need of security. Yeah, that's a high core value. I have it as well. I need to feel secure, and finances comes into that. Like I don't want to be paycheck to paycheck. I don't want to live in a home that's a tent. You know. Right. Right. Absolutely. So what are some of when you when, when, when you sit down with uh, with clients potentially and, and have a discussion with them, what are some of the initial questions you're looking for, like you know, fact finding information that you're looking to see? Um, do you recommend that they sit down and, and maybe list out what their individual core values are? Like what are some of the. Yeah. So I want I want to know what their attachment styles are, their love attachment styles and that's a questionnaire I will give to them. And some, usually they are, when they take the, the quiz and then they're either, this is a wonderful book actually. I have it, oh, it's over there. Yeah, we can't find it. I'd like you try to kind of unpack that, that, that uh, a love attachment styles. What is that in, in relation to? Okay, so it tells you it actually your love attachment styles come from your infancy okay but it predicts it it comes along with you so and how you actually choose a, a mate but your love attachment style can change so for example uh, my you can have a fearful and avoidant you can have a fearful and anxious and you can have another one is mature a mature attachment style which is where you want to be actually mature attachment style well, yeah, when i'm hearing this though is there like a process where you grow through yes yes and this is where you want to be and this is where i do a lot of my coaching because let's say let's go back to naya in my book or when i when I was in my first marriage and when my, I wrapped myself around my husband when I was in my twenties, I, I wanted, I wanted to very much please him and love him and adore him. I did. He was beautiful. I, I wanted to be a good wife to him and I loved him so much. I really, really did. When I walked down the aisle, I was in love, in love. I won't, wanted all those things for us and our marriage and for our future family together. But what I got was an unhappy, restless, irritable, discontent person who is always angry. And, you know, that just didn't work out. So the attachment was what he was, was fearful and avoidant. And I was, I was like saran wrap trying to wrap around him. So we were like combust, like it just did, no one was happy. So that didn't work out. But what I eventually learned with through 
more self-love, self-worth and development, development, more maturity, and then getting to a mature attachment style. And you need a lot of work, coaching, you know, and it can be simple. There are simple ways with focus and clarity to get that attachment. So I really encourage people, it's, you know, it's not hard, but you need the right clarity and focus and the right person who knows to put these things together with other things to see that true love. So what your person looks like is different from my person, but person like me who can streamline it for you. So if you're looking at a forest, for example, you need to look at a maple tree. You need to look at a pine tree. I don't know if that gives clarity. So mature, mature attachment style is what you want to grow to. Okay. And how you can get there is going to be different from how Naya could get there. Okay? Right. And I, and I think that when I'm hearing from you is there's a lot of people that may not be able to afford to work with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, right? But they can well, still get the value out of. Okay. So what I want to tell you, so this, I'm doing a free masterclass okay. October 27th this coming Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you go to my website, www.elizabethnancyjansen.com, mm -hmm. on my uh, announcement bar, you can click for registration or, or any of my uh, Facebook, uh, all of my all, uh, clubhouse, you'll get the links. Um, it's a bit.ly link. Um, I'm doing some uh, workshops coming up, but it's not expensive, really. When you think of all the time you're spent in loneliness, and just mm. think of loneliness, mm -hmm. it, is, it is now related to cardiovascular disease, according to the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Canada. And that is research done this year. You know, wow. so the greater the loneliness and depression and suicide rate is all related to loneliness, you know? But what also people don't know is the greater the love, the greater the wealth, the greater the health, the greater the longevity, the greater the resilience, the greater the, uh, the, greater the friendships, all kinds of abundance when you have greater love. So yeah, that right there on the announcement bar, you can click on registration, uh -huh. and you can get right into right into my um, free webinar. So you can learn much more, and I offer uh, as much free stuff as I can. And I have a YouTube site, Love Is My Why, Elizabeth Nancy Jansen. So I have about thirty six videos on there. Yeah, I see here. Once you tap that link, guys, Thursday, October twenty seventh, at four p.m. A lot of the people that I'm that I'm connected with, I think, will get a lot of value out of this. I I'm actually going to um, let's see what time is it going to be at at four p.m. I think I should be able to attend that. I might be a little late because I I do. Uh, you know, what? actually, I 
I'll just put in some time. I'll, I'll take some time off and, and, and attend. Yeah, you'll get a lot of insight and it's going to be fun. And I encourage people to do that. All right. I'm all set. Boom. Done. Great. I encourage you guys to do the same. So, well, one of the things that I like, I'm, I'm one of those per people that I like to take and work with people that they definitely have done the work, right? And they know what they're talking about. Um, we were talking before this podcast about the process that you went through to create this book and partnering with other authors and, and sharing your insights. Bride Doll, you can get it on Amazon and, uh, and uh, Audible. Um, I mean, when you, when you partnered with them, um, what was that like? Because I know that creating a book probably was pretty overwhelming for you. Well, it was a big deal, yeah. And so I previously wrote a book called Enlightened Reasoning, and it was a collection of short stories in 2012. And I wrote under the pet pen name Elise Lemieux. So I, yes, very sexy. So my mother's name is French Canadian, uh, is Lemieux, L-E-M-I-E-U-X. So I used, and my name Elizabeth, Elise. So I combined Elise Lemieux. So that's my pen name for the 2000, uh, 2012 book, Enlightened Reasoning. So I had... 26 short stories in there. So I've always been writing, writing, but I didn't really class, so a beginning writer, but you know, not a great writer. And uh, that was published under Author House. So continuing to write, continuing to write and thinking this before this book, another collection of short stories. But I took myself, I wanted to elevate my writing skills. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go on, uh, get a bit a writing coach now, writing coach, and this pushing myself, pushing myself higher to try to get accepted with this writing coach in Paris. Ah. And it was English speaking. And so, yes, I got accepted. And oh my God, I was so over the moon excited. <laughs> and these writers were from around the world around the world and there were 20 of them and I got accepted and they were published authors. And I just had this little rinky dink book, which I felt was in no way comparison. And they were lovely, lovely people. And I was in Paris for a week writing and they encouraged me. So I plotted out my book and wrote for a year. So it was highly structured for that week. And I was well on my way to writing the book. And then thought I had most of it. And then I went to Orcavo, which is a village in a, a year later in France. And the another writer within the, the Paris group had a, a white writing retreat, a more polished author, another polished author who was a coach from the Paris group. Then she really helped me with another 20 authors and she just pushed me even harder. And she helped me with that first chapter. She said, no, you've got to really get a hook in there and pushed me. And then I found a publisher who I had to essentially audition for. And then he pushed me into 
a career actually as a relationship coach, finding 18 streams of income. Only would he publish my book if I was going to be going on to streams of income. And I didn't, of course, choose all 18, but three. So I'm a speaker, I'm an author, speaker, and a coach, and I'm a certified relationship coach. So that's kind of the story, but it, it's hard. Like even doing the cover design is a big deal going through the editorial process. But, you know, if you want quality, you know, as you say, like, I, I thank you so much for, for the character development. Like, that takes a lot of work. Like, every sentence is, is worked on, you know, and working with an editor, you know, an editor who is polished, you know, that's what they do for a living. And it really is a big deal. And I took it seriously. And it's part of my business now, you know, just like we're doing now to have this type of conversation. It not only gives me credibility, but it also gives me uh, examples to talk about. And uh, in real life, you know, talking about, you know, uh, attachment styles. And Naya, her, she was fearful and avoidant through and through. But Naya, in her in the last chapters, she is mature attachment style, and so is her Argent, and it's total contrast, and you can see the beauty of what's going to happen. Yeah, I want to say that for the guys, because I'll be I'll be quite frank with you. I was like, man, I wonder if this is going to be something that I'm going to be interested in reading. You got to read the whole story. It's yeah. it's awesome, and you will love it. Mm -hmm. And 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 the reason why is because. What I saw early on, and maybe I was just kind of, maybe you were kind of alluding to it. I'm not really sure, but there were some issues with um, different substances that people take, uh, like medications. Was that intentionally put in there? Like certain characters were on, like, like the wine and like the the antidepressants or anti anxiety medications and things like that. Some of these characters were going to. It felt very intimate uh i've had a friend of mine that if you went into her car she was that person very manic and just had you know her whole life was right there and i always felt like when i was hanging out with her i was i was i was privy to too much information right and i felt like the first chapter meeting that character in that very intimate moment where she's driving her son she's getting things ready um She's dealing with the the the, the minutia of life. Was like wow, like um, was that difficult to to create that chapter? Because like you said, you were working with other writers. Um, the way like it it made me very uncomfortable reading some of that portion. Not not in a bad way, but I'm just saying like it felt uncomfortable being with that character in that moment. Good, good because that makes it real. You know, the kimono has been opened. And that's what a good writer does. It makes the reader uncomfortable. And I hope you want more. That's what, that's what a good writer does. It moves you, you know? But I'm asking you, I'm asking you because I'm, one, I'm curious to know, um, just creating that first chapter, um, did, it, did, did sharing it was, some of those? It's intentional. It's intentional. Yeah. And you're going to find out a lot more. And it's going to bring me, to, you're going to, you, 
I think you're going to want to interview me again. Mm, I think so. I think you're right, 100%. Speaking of which, I just I wanted to uh, I wanted to respect your time because you did say you had a hard stop. And yeah, my son's coming into the driveway now. My beautiful son with autism, Michael. He's 27 years old. He's a six-two burning hunk of love here, and he's <laughs> going to want his mother's full attention. And I think that he deserves that. So I'm going to share my screen. I want I wanted you to. Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank you for doing this interview. Hopefully, it went it went the way that that you expected. I, I love to ask this questions that come to mind. Just as if we were just having a, a like like the audience is just a fly on the wall, and, and I'm very curious about about the process that you went through to write this book. So I definitely will be following up to learn more uh, as I as I progress through the different chapters and met these different characters. Um, and I actually would love to uh, let you know, I'm probably going to order a hard copy of it and give it to Ella because she reads religiously. So she'll love this book. And um, and I think she'll get a lot of value out of it as well. Um, so if you guys are still listening, thank you so much. If you're watching this live, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, today, I, uh, I, I had an incredible conversation with Elizabeth uh, Jansen uh, coming in from Canada, uh, author speaker, uh, loving mother, uh, and uh, incredible author, and uh, her book, uh, Bride Doll. Um, any last words for our audience? Uh, any key takeaways as it relates to the topic of discovering true love and, and maybe core values? And uh, by the way, thank you so much for being on the show again. Life is all about love. And don't hold back. If you don't have love in your life, it's so worth it. You know reach out, ask for help, you know, yes, I'd love for you to come to me, but, you know, come to my website and, you know, do it, do it for yourself. Don't regret it at the end of the day. You know, that's the number one thing that people regret is inaction on love. And life is too short to be without love. If I can do it, if I can find love at, at 59, you know, real true love, you can do it too. Much love from Elizabeth.